Welcome back to the Troop Leader Experience podcast. I have another interview today. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you have met our guest before actually a couple of times. And uh, I'm just so excited to have her back. But if you are newer to this podcast, um, or if you just don't remember, because I have so many delightful episodes with fantastic guests, please, my dear guest, will you reintroduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you're from, what council, and what your kind of involvement and roles look like with Girl Scouts. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. So I am Cheryl Robinson. And I am with Girl Scouts of Wisconsin Badgerland Council, and I am a volunteer mainly focused on working with our highest awards. Uh, and those gold award Girl Scouts really have my heart, but I recognize our bronze and silver Girl Scouts are important in order to use our progression and create those future gold award Girl Scouts. And so, yeah. And I am available on all social medias as Cheryl M. Robinson, S-H-E-R-Y-L-M Robinson. And I have a podcast called Hearts of Gold, where I interview those Gold Award Girl Scouts about their projects and their experiences, and they share insights for future Gold Award Girl Scouts. Yeah. And it's so fun because just a little like geeking out moment, the two of us have been in this podcasting game for a while now and I feel like the type of content that we both do we have I I, and I'm not trying to speak for you you can correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like we've both had this suspicion or like feeling for years that at any point GSUSA is going to enter the space and do the same type of podcast work that we do and just like completely take us over and years into the game they still haven't <laughs> so I, it's the only it's the only place that these conversations are happening really on the internet let alone in podcast form so as you know if you've been listening to this podcast even for a couple of episodes this show tends to be geared toward uh the troop volunteer and what we need to know when we are volunteering and working with troops not that any adult volunteer or staff member couldn't listen and benefit of course definitely could whereas Cheryl's podcast is really for anybody who wants to listen community member family friends girl members adult volunteers um but but really anybody in the community and it's really effective at raising the brand awareness of what Girl Scouts do and the amazing, incredible projects that these Gold Award Girl Scouts are doing all over the country in such a wide variety of fields. So it's really for everybody, right? Absolutely. And I really appreciate what you said because I did. I started Hearts of Gold in order to not only promote and recognize the Gold Award Girl Scouts that had had worked towards that recognition, but also to raise awareness in the world in general about the amazing things that these Gold Award Girl Scouts do, because people don't recognize uh, Gold Award Girl Scouts as they do some of the other opportunities that are out there for our high schoolers. And yeah, that, that was really my output. And I agree. I, I keep waiting and I cannot believe that GSUSA hasn't 
created a podcast yet. Um, they have had the, their girl, they're not called girl advisory boards and the group name changes every time they have a new iteration, but they've, they have had the girl scouts create, I think of GTV that happened during the pandemic. And some of those girls that were involved in girl TV in that, that cohort of those girl scouts, um, actually have their own podcasts too. So I think the recognition is there that podcasting is a great platform and yeah, GSUSA just hasn't quite made the connection yet. Yeah. Or they don't have the resources or bandwidth to make it a priority or something. I mean, obviously there's been a lot of changes going on nationally. And actually on that note, we've had some really interesting conversations just about kind of your Girl Scout story and the different things that you've done as a volunteer and the different roles and committees that you've served on, as well as your your own troop experiences. But also we've talked about the Gold Award and I can't remember actually if I should have looked before we started recording. Did we specifically talk about the Gold Award or did we do a general high awards conversation before? We did a podcast specifically about the Gold Award. Yep. Okay, so this time Cheryl actually reached out to me uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago, I don't know, um, and mentioned, hey, can we, do you want to have a conversation on the podcast about these um, national conversations happening around the silver word, a silver award? And obviously I don't have any, I, well, I don't have a troop, but I don't have any girls who are currently working toward the silver award. So I didn't even know there were national conversations happening. And I, that means I also know that lots of you didn't know there are national conversations happening around the silver award. So that was a no brainer for me. And I am very much looking forward to digging in and hearing about it. So like, let's start at the beginning. What, <laughs> what's happening in the national <laughs> conversations? What What's happening? Yeah. So it's super exciting. So, um, a few years ago, GSUSA, um, went from paper forms to go gold and revamped go gold. So we're really on go gold 2.0. And as part of that go gold 2.0, which is an online platform where gold award girl scouts enter their proposals and their final reports, they transitioned that and created more consistency for the gold award across the whole country. And over the last year and a half, I am so excited because there has been a cohort that has been doing similar work on the silver award. While it's not transitioning from paper to an online platform, what it is doing is it's transitioning from the forms that we have now, which are disparate across councils. They are, if you go from council to council, you won't necessarily see the paperwork to a consistent message across the um, movement regarding the expectations for the silver award, the communications for the silver award, the proposal and the final report for the silver award. All of those things are now going to be cohesive across the whole country and world because of Girl Scouts overseas, but it's going to become consistent. And so the messaging is going to become clearer. There's still the opportunity for some minor variance between councils, but not like what we see today. And I am so excited about this. Again, working with our juniors on their bronze awards and the cadets on their silver awards, this is really the journey that these Girl Scouts are taking in order to reach that gold award during high school and 
by improving the silver award support, we're going to improve the ability for our Girl Scouts to have confidence that they can go reach for that gold award. And I'm so excited. So I have a lot of questions, but I want (laughs) to start with, you mentioned there's a cohort that's been working on this. And one thing that I see in some of the more kind of negative online spaces about when things change, or even if they're to be streamlined, even if it's trying to accomplish good change, a lot of the frustration can come from feeling like whose voices are even being represented in that conversation. So what do you know about who's, who is the cohort made up of? Yeah. So the cohort is made up of 11 councils and they either have their highest awards member or a volunteer participate in the, this cohort committee that uh, really, they've really, like I said, they brought all the different pieces that different councils had picked the peak pieces from each of them in order to create this unified group of documents in order to support and um, clarify all of the expectations around the silver award. And then in addition, there were two other councils, one that had a guide that the uh, cohort used as their basis because it was so unbelievable. And then the other that had a timeline that helped troop leaders understand how to work with their cadet Girl Scouts and bring them through those three years of being a cadet. And what should, what was the best practice for when each step happened so that the troop leaders had a little bit more big picture understanding of how to implement and support their Girl Scouts through this process. And that's so interesting, this specifically the timeline conversation, because uh, one of the things that I kind of struggle with in a platform like this one, in giving people information about like high awards, which by the way, I guess we could start, we, we really could have started there, that um, if you're like brand new to Girl Scouts and you don't even know what the heck a silver and gold award are, then um, we can kind of summarize that the highest awards that girls, the highest award that any Girl Scout can earn is the gold award, which is for girls who are in high school. And the silver award is the highest award that girls can earn in cadets. So grades six through eight, right? Yep. And the bronze award is the highest award a Girl Scout can earn as a junior in grades four and five. And there, there's correlation bet- among these awards where there's, if you did all three, there's built-in progression so that you, if the girls did all three, there's built-in progression so that they are better prepared to do the gold award project, which is a really much larger scope. And we've done a gold award episode. So if you want to learn more about the gold award, we'll, you'll want to go back and, and revisit that. I'll link to it in the show notes, but um, it's a, it's a fairly large scope project that's done individually by these high school Girl Scouts. And in order to help prepare them, they could do the bronze and silver. Also, it is not required that they do bronze and silver. So you could join Girl Scouts for the very first time in high school and you could still do a gold award. You could also have been a Girl Scout in elementary school, taken a break in middle school and come back in high school. Or you could have just chosen not to do the bronze and silver and then end up doing the gold. 
But regardless, um, there is kind of some built-in progression that's appropriate for the different age levels and also progression to help prepare for the gold award. So the point of these awards is all related to that GSLE principle idea of creating sustainable change, identifying root cause, identifying issues, exploring the root causes of those issues and taking action to bring about the change that you want to see in the world and all that. So <laughs> that's kind of the premise. So if you're if you're like, what the heck are we even talking about right now? I know there's a, a bunch of you that have been reaching out to me that are like brand new to Girl Scouts. And I always try to make sure that it's not just sometimes when you walk into these Girl Scout trainings and such, it's like we're speaking another language. <laughs> like this is so overwhelming. Um, so that's what we're talking about. So silver awards specifically being grade six through eight, it's that middle level. They already did this revamp for the gold award, the highest award, which is supposed to be quote unquote, the girl scout version of like the boy scout <laughs> Eagle. Yeah. It's and and not- I can't, I can't, I can't remember if we talked about that comparison in the gold award episode, but Uh, Yeah, I could talk about that for hours right there. (laughs) Totally. It's really not as in they uh, aren't accomplishing the same thing at all. Um, The requirements are totally different, but it's considered uh, the equivalent because it's the highest award that you earn kind of at the end of your girl years in Girl Scouts. And it's recognized similarly with scholarship opportunities, military recognition, Um, presidential recognition and so on and so forth so that's kind of why they're like seen as equivalent so they've already done this revamp for the gold award where they brought it online the submission process which there's a lot of benefits to as far as like bringing it up to date and also tracking ability because girls are doing this great work and gsusa should know what work they're doing um so it's definitely gonna help with that And also it's going to give them so much more data as far as where girls are accomplishing the, this feat more than in other areas. Why is there a discrepancy? Also what industries or like fields of interest are these projects being done in? So there's so much data they can get from this process being online and nationalized, (laughs) nationalized. So Um, So now with the Silver Award, they are streamlining a consistent process from council to council, but it won't quite be the same as far as like an online submission process. Am I up to speed? Yes. And so they, they, yep. And they've revamped the form. And the intention is, is that all of this information and the new forms are going to roll out by the councils between now and October 1st, when we start our new Girl Scout year. And October 1st is when all the materials are intended to be updated on Nationals website and in GS Learn. And because there will be also um, education pieces. So this revamp is not just for the Girl Scouts. It is also for the adults. So the adults can better serve their Girl Scouts during this process also. And with the progression, that is one of the pieces that that GSUSA identified or this cohort identified in order to create that consistency throughout GSUSA. And so again, especially for those who don't know, the bronze award is a 20 hour project that's done by fourth and fifth graders 
that's our junior level. And the bronze award requirements are leadership and root cause. And Sarah mentioned root cause a little bit earlier. And I don't, if we have time, maybe we can delve into the details a little bit more, but leadership and root cause are required elements for a bronze award. And what GSUSA has done is for the bronze award in this review process for silver, they also clarified that besides leadership and root cause, that sustainability is now a triad piece. So they really want the juniors to think about how the take action project that they're doing is going, could be sustainable in the future. It doesn't require them to be sustainable. They'd like it to try it, but they've added that clarification to the bronze award. And then for silver award, they have clarified that leadership, root cause, and sustainability are required elements. And sustainability is one of those that it really was council by council. Some councils required it. Some said, do the try it like we're doing for the bronze. It is clarified and is now a required element that the project be sustainable. And then for the cadets in silver, the try it pieces are making it measurable and having a national or global link. And so measurability is where the Girl Scouts start learning about data analysis and quantitative and qualitative analysis, which are big words. And so understanding those and discussing them as part of the Silver Award is a great opportunity, even if it doesn't officially become a part of the project. And the same with National and Global Link. Understanding how you're doing this project here in your community how could you impact others outside of your community with your project? Or how is the project that you're doing, how is the other community on the other side of the country or the other side of the world, how could your project also impact those? Because it has that, it could have that global impact. And again, at Silver, they've now clarified that measurable and national or global length are triad pieces leadership root cause and sustainable are required. And then when you move to the gold, all five of those components are required. And that's, again, making sure that our progression is clear and understandable. And while bronze and silver are not required for gold, it is clear that by doing those components, you're building your strengths and expanding your knowledge in order to be better prepared. I love this. And I think these projects are just so cool. It's so cool what girls can do at these different levels uh, as far as like possibilities for these projects. So and the impact, the lifelong impact of doing these kind of projects in your fourth through 12th grade years and the rest of your life and how you see the way you take up space in the world. I just think that's so cool. But let Let's dive in a little bit on those three components because you explained measurability really, really well and National Global Link, which are requirements for the gold award part. But there's something we can like try and explore, um, frankly, not just in high awards, also in any take action projects or in any conversations that we're having um, when it comes to global action, when it comes to World Thinking Day. And by the way, if you're new, here's a bunch more terms for you when it comes to um, our journey take action projects. 
So, and I'm, I want to circle back to that, but before, before that, can you explain leadership? What does leadership need to look like for, well, actually both bronze and silver? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take a step, one step back, um, on leadership. I mean, on, before we dive into leadership, uh, one thing I forgot to mention is, so bronze is a 20 hour project. Silver is a 50 hour target project and gold is an 80 hour target project. Mm. Bronze is usually done at a troop level. So the entire troop usually works on bronze together. And I say usually, because first of all, we have Juliet's mm. generally, they're going to work on something solo. You might have a huge junior troop and Mm -hmm. half the girls want to work with pets and half the girl scouts want to work on an environmental issue. Well, then you would do two bronze projects because you, it's important that whatever the project is, is speaking to the girl scouts Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at silver. And this is another point that this cohort has clarified and will Mm -hmm. become standard um, across the country is that a silver group should be between one and four girl scouts. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can do it slow solo, but you should not have more than four girl scouts in a group. Mm-hmm. And that, that number has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. And diff- again, <laughs> this is another one that's, that hasn't been a hundred percent consistent across councils. So it's, it's, it's a clear expectation that will be shared. And that is important when we're talking about leadership, So you have the 50 hours and you have one to four Girl Scouts. That 50 hours is how much each individual Girl Scout spends on the project. And so if you're working as a team of four, let's say, that does not mean that the entire project is 50 hours because each Girl Scout should have her own unique leadership piece in the project, a piece that she takes ownership of and she manages. So perhaps maybe it is that somebody is the marketer and they're doing all of the flyers for whatever project the Girl Scouts are doing. The other maybe is the communicator and is the one that works with their adult to send out all the emails, to make the phone calls, to Um, connect with the different people that you need to connect to. Maybe one is the event planner that finds the space where the Girl Scouts are going to have their event and make sure that everything is organized for that. So Girl Scouts can have different, can work together on a project, but it is important that they each have a clear aspect that they own and that they are the lead on. And so when you go back to that 50 hours, There will be times when the Girl Scouts are working together, when they're doing their planning meetings, maybe they're at an event, you know, all of those times, those clearly are going to be on each Girl Scouts timeline, but then there's going to be other pieces that are going to be individual to the component that that Girl Scout is working on. And each Girl Scouts total should equal 50. So when you have when the final report is getting done and the timelines are being submitted, each Girl Scout should have a 50 hour timeline. And if you were to look at all four, I'm using four as an example, if you were to look at all four together and you compared things across the board, it shouldn't be 50 hours total and it shouldn't be 200 hours total. It'll be somewhere in between because mm-hmm. of some of the shared some of times. Those hours were shared. Yep. Yep. And so, but when we're talking about leadership, it's that Girl Scouts individual piece that they're managing and taking ownership of. So I think this is 
yeah, that was a great thought to incorporate how many girls are involved in the project and the hour contribution as part of the conversation about leadership. Because I think that talking about the scope of the project is really important here. And I like to think of those hour requirements as comparable to like word count requirements on a school assignment. If your school assignment requirement is 50 words, that's like a very short, you know, you're, it's high level, it's brief, it's just uh, like here it is. If your word requirement is, you know, or your page requirement is 10 to 12 pages, then we're going significantly more in depth there, right? So Absolutely. it kind of gives you like a, a benchmark or like a, a rule of thumb that sort of, it, it's not necessarily because they want girls to spend 50 hours doing this it's to give um although a requirement is a requirement but um it's to give the scope of the project shouldn't just be we made posters we hung them up that's not going to take 50 hours right so it'd be the difference between a project like that to raise awareness versus an omni-channel awareness project where you maybe would be thinking about TV, radio, podcasts, social media, other forms of internet, also any in-person connections, et cetera, that can be made. And there's planning that goes into that. There's outreach that goes into that. There's the actual um, whatever the media submission or appearance would be just as like a random example of showing the difference of like a really small scope project, which is still taking action and potentially making an impact, right, with let's make posters and hang them up versus this like much larger scale awareness project does that sound right to you absolutely and I love your 50 word example because if you are given an assignment and it and your teacher says it should be about 50 words it is extremely unlikely you're going to have to that you're going to hit 50 exactly you might have 45 or 48 or you might have 52 or 55 right it's 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 the goal. It's the pivot point. Like this is the target and it's to help you make sure similar to what you were just saying that whatever project you're choosing is appropriate for the level that you're working on. So yeah. we, we have, we have, we see silver award projects that really should be gold award projects quite often. And what happens is when a Girl Scout does that, while it's an amazing project and an amazing thing to have to do while you're in middle school, oftentimes those Girl Scouts get burned out and don't want to do another gold award level project. They've already done their gold award level project. So we really want to keep it to scope also. Right. Yes. And so going back to that kind of word correlation, if 50 words is your target and you're supposed to, let's say like introduce yourself or explore your personal identity. If 50 words is your is my target and I say I'm Sarah and I'm white. That's not that's not enough. We need a little more, right? But also, if I gave you a two-page essay about my personal identity, too big, too much. No, no, back it off, back it off. We need we need to go we need to back it up and go like think 
either simpler or more straightforward or like a higher level view, you know, a 360 view instead of getting into too much into the weeds. So yeah, I think that's all really, really important. And as far as the leadership part goes, if the girls are working together on a silver award project, then working together and collaborating is going to be one portion, but then also kind of distributing different tasks and maybe having defined roles. We even do this like at cookie booths sometimes, right? Where this person's going to be in charge of um, calculating the change and this person's going to be in charge of restocking the table and this person's going to be in charge of uh, tracking what flavors, how many of each flavor we've sold, right? Whatever it is, sometimes we incorporate this into these other activities that we do as Girl Scouts. Same with like capers can even look like that where, you know, this girl is going to lead the the pledge or the um, promise in law. This girl is going to or these two girls are going to be in charge of the cleanup. The This girl is going to be in charge of distributing snacks. So and again, if you're brand brand new and there's a lot of phrases and terminology in here that are overwhelming, just be patient with us. We do have a lot of episodes about actually all of these concepts already. So you can definitely go back and like take it piece by piece. Just uh, stay high level with us and don't get caught up in the weeds if that's <laughs> confusing to you or overwhelming. So then the second piece that you said that's required is root cause. So what is that and what does that need to look like with these uh, redefined requirements. Yeah. So it's really, really important that we're not going out and just doing something in our community. It's more important. The intent is, is that we are finding a problem in our community and looking for a solution. That means that we have to go out and research. We might need to talk to people, you know, do things like that and figure out what the problem is and how to create a solution to solve that problem. So that might mean that you're talking to your teachers, you're talking to your mayor, you're talking to your fire department, you know, you're talking to business owners in your community, like get out there and ask them what they are seeing as a problem. Or if you have something that you really want to work with, let's say you want to work with pets in the humane society. I use that as an example because so many Girl Scouts, that's their first interest. Um, go talk to the Humane Society and find out what problems they have, what struggles do they have, and then come back to your troop and brainstorm together and figure out some opportunities for solutions and then take those solutions back to the Humane Society and say, hey, what if we did this, this, or this and see what works for the Humane Society? It's so important that you're working with your partners and not just working as a troop and just going about and doing your thing. It's a really interesting and important skill to be able to identify and, and research and learn root cause because even adults that I know it's so easy for us, and we hear this in so much of the discourse that is going on in our country, which we're not going to get into, but just looking at problems, but not understanding or having awareness of where those problems come from. I said I'm not going to get into it, but I'm going to give one example here, which is let's say like a statistic exists that there's a disproportionate number of 
Black and African American people who are incarcerated. That is um, maybe a problem that we see. But there's a lot of conclusions you could draw about projects you might be able to do about that without understanding why. And it's important that before you plan a project to take action to try to, like, dig into this problem, that you understand why that's the case in order for that project to actually make a lasting difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully that's a helpful like example. And then sustainability. This one gets a lot of people. And also it's kind of a buzzword. So it can be a little confusing because the word sustainability can have lots of different meanings. So or different contexts, I guess. So in terms of the silver award requirements, what does sustainability mean? And how do we make sure that girls are checking that box? Yeah, and this is this is a great example. Both root cause and sustainability are great examples of why this new guide that's going to be released is going to be so helpful. This guide is 33 pages long. It's designed for the Girl Scouts to engage them. It has activities in it to help them work through some of these things. And in this, this new guide, it specifically lays out three opportunities at the cadet level to consider sustainability. Create a permanent solution that can be used after the project is complete. Educate and inspire others in the community or within Girl Scouts to be part of the change. And advocate to change a rule, regulation, or law and encourage others to join. And so when you're thinking about those three things, um, creating a permanent solution, that may be that you create some sort of activity. So let's say that you create fifth grade basketball camp in order to encourage girls to learn the skills so that when they get to middle school, they can now start participating in middle school basketball. Well, you aren't going to put that camp on every, every year. And so as you're making the camp, creating a, a document that guides somebody else that then could take on that camp the next year is an opportunity for sustainability actually going out and finding somebody to agree to put on the camp the next year clinches the sustainability. Can I piggyback off of that example too? Absolutely. I want to connect this back to that root cause discussion. So if that sounded like a fun project to you, because yeah, totally different from the other examples that I gave and honestly different than a lot of the like go-to examples that you hear kind of in Facebook groups. So With something like wanting to put on like a basketball camp, first of all, what is the problem that they're solving there? Is the problem that lots of girls are getting to middle school without the skills to be able to participate at a middle school level? Because if so, then yes, creating a replicable, (laughs) replicatable, whatever, you get my point, uh, a camp that could be replicated Um, And finding somebody who is going to replicate it, that would solve potentially that problem. But there's another way that I think you could kind of twist this where what if we're looking at the other problems that might go into girls entering middle school and it's not really about basketball. Go with me here. What if it's about looking at 
research of girls and teamwork, girls and feeling like a sense of belonging, girls and their self-confidence, et cetera, going into middle school and beyond and how that carries through the rest of their lives. And those are the problems. And a basketball camp can help instill a sense of community and confidence and self-esteem that the people who participated will then carry not just into middle school, but through the rest of their lives. That is a different problem. So rather than coming up with a project because you want to do the project, you have to start at the what is it that we're actually trying to accomplish, right? Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes, a hundred percent. It is so hard to decide what you want to do and then back up to find root cause. And you're going to have to answer questions about root cause in your proposal and final report. So it, it, I a hundred percent agree. You need to find a problem and then find a solution for that problem. Don't start with what you want to do with your project. Yes. And that's the skill that we're building is that you can identify that you're helping girls learn to identify what are the problems around them? Why do those problems exist? And then what can they do about it? And one of the big questions that especially what can they do about it in a lasting way that creates not just an immediate impact like we picked up trash, but a lasting impact that will create a solution that lives. And I always say with sustainability, the best way that I've always found to describe it is that the impact of the project lives on past the girl's involvement with the project. So hopefully that's like a simple way to kind of summarize if if you're having trouble making it make sense. When the girl's done her 50 hours and she's turned in her stuff and she's got the pin on her vest then what? Like, is that, is the impact of the project that she did going to live on in any way? And that's where being able to identify how it lives on is being able to understand the sustainability. And here's the thing with the requirements overall. The reason why these things are requirements is because we're helping girls build the skills and understanding to apply this in other aspects of their lives. And it's going to help them with school. It's going to help them in their jobs. It's If they go to college, it's going to help them operate at a collegiate level. It's also going to help them be more engaged citizens and just be more actively engaged citizens in their communities because they have a better understanding and development of this skill of looking around them, being able to identify this is what's going on in the communities that are important to me and the communities that affect me or people I love and or animals or the world or whatever the actual planet and um, it could be literally anything and what I want to kind of draw this back to is the rest of the program because yes there's a lot of things that are kind of similar here to like the rest of GSLE but what I tend to think of and I want to hear your opinion Cheryl is that the journeys are structured around topics or different kind of areas of interest. And it's an opportunity to sort of practice some of these skills and exploration and this like these concepts of leadership, root cause, sustainability, measurability, national global link, and also the GSLE principles of cooperative learning, hands-on and girl-led, which girl-led leadership. So these are ways that we kind of are closer to spoon feeding. Hey, explore this. The badges being across a variety of different skills and interests. Hey, 
try this. Hey, do you like this? Is it interesting? Is it important to you? And then girls with these extra experiences and skills then figure out what is important to them about the world around them and the communities that they're a part of that they may may then choose to do their bronze, silver, and gold about. But I'd like to hear your insight, Cheryl, of what's the difference between a take action project for a journey and a high award project. Yeah, actually that is in this new guide. The difference between a journey's take action and our highest awards, the bronze, silver, and gold, is that the take action project that girls identify during a journey really relates to whatever that journey or series of badges that become a journey are. And as you said, this is really a much more, I'm going to say individual, even though it could be small group, right? But like individualized interest piece, like the girls should be, the Girl Scouts should be exploring their passions and figuring out where their real interests lie and where they really want to make that change. And these take action projects for the highest awards have this more structured components, which include a proposal at the silver level, a proposal and a final report. And again, this is this proposal and this final report are another opportunity for consistency across our movement. Most councils required final reports. Some councils required proposals, but not all did. And so now these are two, two pieces. They have been completely revamped. They're super easy to use, but again, it's going to create consistency. And the reason for a proposal is that it helps the cadets think through the details of their project and help them make sure they have a plan in place to set them up for success early on. The proposal needs to be approved by council or a committee that council assigns before the Girl Scouts continue work on their project to make sure that they're hitting those points of leadership, root cause, and sustainability, and that perhaps they've at least mentioned their measurability and national or global link. So the way that the form is designed takes that into account and asks the Girl Scouts those questions in order to help them create that more formal component of presenting an idea to somebody and making sure that they understand what that idea is just from what is written and or presented along with that written document. So what does the actual process, like streamlining the process and the timeline is part of this, right? What does that actually look like for wanting to accomplish the silver award? Yeah. So as part of this revamp in the adult guide for the silver award, which is a, another tool that is going to, going to be released is there is a recommended timeline. It is not required. You do not have to follow this, but it's given guidance again, to help that adult support their girl scouts through the process. And so the suggestion is in sixth grade that you complete the prerequisite, which is the journey that the girl scouts have to have done. And then fall of seventh grade, start by reviewing the Silver Award training and other resources and start brainstorming ideas. This is where then the Girl Scouts should be reaching out in the community, doing their root cause research, all of those sorts of pieces. And when they've brought all of that together, then they write up their proposal and submit it. 
And so then in winter or spring of seventh grade, you can start implementing the silver award plan. And then in the summer or fall of seventh going into eighth grade, you can submit the final report and earn your silver award. And part of the reason why that is recommended for that time period is because often councils have their ceremonies in the spring and those cutoffs to have those final reports in, in order to be recognized, you know, can be late winter, early spring. And if the Girl Scouts want to be recognized before they graduate from eighth grade, doing it in that summer or fall, uh, finishing up their project and getting that in, in the summer of fall of between seventh and eighth grade fall, you know, the fall of eighth grade is really helpful because otherwise they're going to be freshmen in, in high school when they're getting recognized for their silver award. And they're now going to be senior Girl Scouts and not no longer cadet Girl Scouts. It doesn't matter. Councils will recognize them, whether they're whatever grade they're in, but it is that importance. And of course, the timeline, the deadline of uh, final reports having to be accepted by their councils by September 30th of their freshman year. So the September 30th after their eighth grade year is still a standing requirement. Some councils will have some requirements where they want their reports in by August 1st or September 1st, depending on how many Silver Award Girl Scouts they get in the council, because you have to remember they're going to be getting, council is going to be getting at, influx of these reports and they want to be able to give each one the attention it deserves. And if they get them all the last week of September, that's not nice for anybody. So yeah, so that that's where that's kind of where the timeline is. Really, really seventh grade and that that's the summer before and after seventh grade, like that should be your core. And that way you still have eighth grade in case we have some some pickup pieces that we need. Yeah. So this makes a lot of sense because then in sixth grade, you're doing at least a journey, if not a couple, and they're kind of exploring and practicing some of these skills that are going to help them in their silver. Then in seventh grade, they start thinking about what they want that silver to look like and um, maybe start working on it. And then hopefully by the fall of, of eighth grade, they could even be finished the project but it does give them that wiggle room where they could spend eighth grade finishing the project because they do have time whereas if you wait until eighth grade to start it you're on a deadline <laughs> yep absolutely and, and, and deadlines can be hard for girl scouts <laughs> at that age totally it's hard for all of us but especially when they're juggling so many things at that age level different priorities and whatnot also we have a really huge drop off in membership throughout middle school so you know there's also a certain level as uh volunteers where we may be thinking this is an eighth grade thing we're going to do with our girls and maybe in sixth grade you have 11 which by the way if you get to sixth grade with 11 girls great job but maybe <laughs> you have 11 girls in your sixth grade troop but by eighth grade you might have two or zero yep <laughs> right so yep if you assume that it's an eighth grade thing, so giving girls the option, but also if they wait until eighth grade for any number of reasons, if things come up, if there's a global pandemic, if they um, if they have other interests, if they aren't sure they want to do it or whatever, and then they decide in eighth grade they do want to do it, they certainly still do have time. And just to clarify, too, on that timeline thing with the deadline being September 30th, if that's confusing to you, it's because the Girl Scout membership year starts in October. So according to Girl Scouts, 
their membership rolls over on October 1st. So more or less, they're still considered cadets through their eighth grade year and their eighth grade year of membership ends September 30th, even though pretty much everywhere they would have started ninth grade by now. So if that if that's a little confusing, that's why that's where the membership rolls over. The membership year has to roll over somewhere um and it influences insurance coverage and those kind of weird details of having a membership year and being able to in, in, encapsulate that into a 12 month period it ends September 30th so that's where that comes from so anything else that you want to share we've been uh kind of going at it for a while i feel like we've had a really good conversation covering a lot of details is there anything you really hoped to share or that you really want people to know about the silver award or this new silver award update that we haven't already talked about there's there are just a couple of other smaller changes i love the conversation we've had um and i'm really hoping that Everybody gets excited about this new silver process and that it really does help elevate and encourage more troops to consider earning their silver award um, because there's going to be so much more clarity around it. And part of that clarity is I've referred to these guides a couple of times. There is a new guide for adults and a new guide for Girl Scouts, and they're both over 30 pages. And there is seven steps from brainstorming a final report. So it really walks you through how to be successful with earning a silver award project. There is a new checklist that's at the back of the, the project the, of the guide that, um, that you can follow so that you make sure that you're doing everything that you're supposed to at each step of the project. In these new proposals and final reports, they are submitted one report per group of Girl Scouts working together. And within that report, there is a section where each Girl Scout shares her individual uh, information. So there are questions that are asked four times in the proposal. And so Girl Scout one would answer the first section, Girl Scout two would answer the second section, they're the same questions. And it's, you know, what are you, what, how are you going to show leadership? All of those pieces where the project is the big picture. And then we delve down a little bit more into the littler pieces. And then the same thing happens with the final report where the troop submits it as a whole. And then each Girl Scout has questions, reflection questions to answer regarding how, what their experience was for the silver award. And one other piece that I thought was super interesting because is brand new is Girl Scouts is encouraging troops to consider splitting the adult responsibilities and supporting their Girl Scouts. This is not a requirement. An adult can fill multiple roles. GSUSA has identified three roles that adults can fill in supporting Girl Scouts. The first one is the trooper group leader, and that's the person that's responsible for the money pieces, making sure that um, any other council things are followed and all of that. Then there's an adult volunteer supervisor, and this is a, an adult volunteer who is specifically working with the cohort 
that's working on the silver award. So that's that one to four girls that are working on the silver award. So a troop may have three or four adult volunteers, depending on how many cohorts they have within their troop. And that adult volunteer is responsible for the supervision of that cohort, the safety and following the silver award procedures. So they're the ones that are that really need to get the training on the silver award, make sure that the Girl Scouts are fulfilling all of the requirements that are necessary, helping the Girl Scouts understand those requirements. And then the final adult is new to silver, but gold awards have had this all along, and that's a project advisor. And the project advisor is an optional adult role the reason for the project advisor is oftentimes neither the troop leader or that adult volunteer who really understands the silver award process and working with the Girl Scouts in those ways, the project advisor usually brings some sort of specialized knowledge. Um, when I'm working with my gold award Girl Scouts and they ask, well, who should I ask to be my project advisor? I I suggest that they think about what their project is and think about where their weaknesses is. So let's say that they are doing a mental health project and they're creating a website. So ideas for a project advisor in that capacity would be maybe they need somebody who knows how to build websites, or maybe they need mental health counselor that can help provide them the information that they need. So either one of those would be a good project advisor. They're not necessarily a Girl Scout volunteer and, but they have some special knowledge that will help support the Girl Scouts on their path through silver. I have so, a question about that. Absolutely. So if a girl decided, let's say using the website example, I want to build a website, but I need somebody who, um, is, who knows how to build websites to advise on this part identifying that she needs an advisor, identifying potential advisors, approaching advisors, asking advisors, does that count uh, towards their 50 hour time? It does. So in, in this guy, in the adult portion of the guide, they have also, I identified the breakout of how those 50 hours should lay out. And so preparation which is the process of preparing the project plan and the silver award project proposal, which includes the research and contacting partners, investigating activities, finding volunteers that can be 30 to 50% of the time. And then implementation should, would also be 30 to 50%. So preparing and then implementing are a, should be about equal amounts of time. That shows what importance there is for the preparation part of this project. And then if the Girl Scouts have to earn money for their project, which is not always a requirement, that should be no more than five to 10%. And that's optional. And that would only be time spent earning money specifically for the silver word that they're working on. And then doing the final report, writing any thank you notes, all of those sorts of pieces would also be five to 10% of the time. So there are some small pieces, but in general, preparation should be about half the time and actually working on the project should be about half the time. That makes so much sense. And it, I think it really gives good scope and perspective. Before we sign off, where can people find you? Remind them about your podcast, your socials, anywhere else people can get in touch with you. Yep. So my podcast is Hearts of Gold. 
and it is on YouTube and available on almost all audio listening applications. And my social is Cheryl M. Robinson, S-H-E-R-Y-L-M Robinson. And that is also my YouTube handle if you're looking for Hearts of Gold on there. And I am on most platforms and super excited to interact with all of the Girl Scouts out there, adults and Girl Scouts. And I look forward to seeing some more Silver Projects rolling in. Great. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise, as always. I'm sure we'll speak again. One of the things that I am going to offer here soon, this is the first time I'm talking about it, is a new leader cafe. I know there's a lot of you who are new volunteers, and and I would say new really counts as in your first one to three years. (laughs) So if you're in the first one to three years, it totally counts, or zero to three years, I guess I could say. If you are brand, brand new, that also counts. But... There's really no rules. Um, And what I'm thinking is doing uh, some like one Zoom a month where you can pop in. We can just have conversation. You can ask anything. No question is a stupid question. And um, everybody's welcome. You don't have to be within the first three years of volunteering. You could have been volunteering for 12 years and you want to pop in. That's cool, too. But that's something that I want to start doing. And I was thinking maybe if you're interested, Cheryl. We could do a high award cafe, probably not monthly, but maybe a couple of them uh, when the time of year makes the most sense, whatever you think that would be. And if people want to pop in and kind of ask questions or get some help or guidance just on any of the different elements of the project or their role as an adult supporting girls working towards any of the high awards. Is that something you might be interested in doing with me? I would love to do that. I, uh, I do that for my council twice a month already. And I would love a bigger audience because you know me, I want to get the word out. Yeah. We want to help girls throughout the entire movement. And really as to your point earlier about Girl Scouts overseas, girls all over the world who are members of Girl Scouts and Mm -hmm. helping them work towards high awards, getting the recognition for the amazing things that the ideas that they have and the things that they're capable of and building these life skills that they will carry with them through the rest of their lives. We are really passionate about that. So if that's something you're interested in, definitely let me know that this is like, yes, I demand it. I would love to be part of it. And you can do that either in the Facebook group is you can find it at facebook.com slash Girl Scout podcast. There's a link there to join the group. Or you can send me an email if you're not on Facebook, girlscoutpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know that you are interested in the High Awards Cafe or High Awards Q&A or whatever. I don't know what we'll call it. Um, And <laughs> we'll... We'll put some stuff together for you. And uh, thank you again so much for your time. I'm sure that we will be doing a lot more collaborations together because we're friends as well as both very shared a, a very shared interest and passion for supporting the girls and the adults in this movement. So thanks for your time today and always. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. <laughs>